Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us as we get back into uh, the Gospel of Luke on this Monday. We're grateful for your presence. Thanks for listening. We're um, finishing our way through chapter 10. Another story, I think, today, Michael, that's probably relatively familiar, um, pretty popular, a, a story that you know, it's kind of eminently preachable, and I, I think a nice devotional story. We'll try to talk about it in its context, but also then maybe we can jump off for some of the meaning, because I, I think this is one of those passages that lends itself to that really easily. Just a few verses here, so let me go ahead and read them, then we'll we'll circle back. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need only of one thing. Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. So a little bit of character stuff here. We find out another place that Mary and Martha are the sister sisters of Lazarus. We'll see um, a mention of that, I believe, in down the road a little ways. Um, we also, I don't know if we know this, Michael, from another place part of the story, but uh, the perception, the clear perception here is that Martha is older. Um, whether that's confirmed in the Bible, to be honest, I don't remember. That's a thing I should know, but I, I always think of Martha as older, so I don't want to say that the Scripture says that. I may say that and have written that into my own version of the story, but to me, Martha sounds like an older sister, and Mary sounds like a younger sister, so a, a little bit of um, a little bit of cultural stuff here as well. Um, this is one of those stories I think, Michael, where it, it does speak to us on its own. But I think that's maybe helpful when you know a little bit of the background here. Yeah, I think one of the affronting natures of this text is the idea of the whole action of the story functioning around whether or not the woman should be serving in the house. That's a question that we're going to bring as modern interpreters. And some of this is just basically rooted in culture, that there was an expectation for hospitality. This exists, you know, someone comes to your house, you have a sense that uh, you should host them and there are the certain things you need to do that. But certainly in this culture, um, the women were responsible for that in this structure. And so while we might find that Clint to be a thing that we want to talk about, the in Luke that's a given. the The question here is, what's the proper response when Jesus is in your home? Is it what you are preoccupied with? Is it the work that you do, or is it the listening, sitting, learning? And I think what makes this story so interesting is that here Jesus is less interested in whether or not culture is maintained or whether hospitality is shown correctly, Jesus in this case is interested in those who choose and actively want to be a disciple. And I, I think 
that is obviously a theme that Luke cares about because if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times, Clint, Luke is interested in the lost and the least, and he emphasizes characters that other t- people in that time and place would not have emphasized. Emphasizing two women's interaction with Jesus is not a given in this time and place. And Luke is going out of his way to make sure that we have this story and that we see Jesus was not only interested in both Mary and Martha, he was interested in uh, the the connection of of teaching and, and Mary being welcomed to be in the midst of that teaching, which I think that's noteworthy and I think it's something worth um, recognizing. Right. And, and this, again... Um... I think there is a sense in which if you if you understand the time and the expectations of the day Martha's not wrong. Martha is doing what's expected of her. Mary is actually doing what is at least discouraged and possibly forbidden. To to put herself at Jesus feet is to put herself in the role of a man, the role of a disciple being taught, being instructed by a rabbi. And and this was something that women were not, um, certainly not encouraged to do and possibly in many cases forbidden to do. And so Martha has, from her vantage point and from the vantage point of the time and place she's in, she has a point. She's doing the right thing, and Mary is doing the wrong thing. But Jesus, as he so often does, stands that on its head and and says, you know, Martha, you actually are distracted by even these good things. He doesn't say she's doing anything wrong, doesn't say she's doing anything bad, but she's missing the opportunity that Mary has taken advantage of to be taught by Jesus, to be in Jesus' presence. Martha is getting wrapped up in the stuff that has to be done instead of the moment that she could have sitting at Jesus' feet. And and that's not a criticism of what she's doing. It's a criticism of being distracted. And that is the takeaway here. Please Please understand that Jesus is not saying that what Martha's doing is unimportant, nor that she shouldn't be doing it, etc. He's saying that the, the, the experience of being worried and distracted is incompatible with being in the presence of the Savior. And I, th- I think, Michael, that's the, the point at which this text really leaves its culture and translates so well to ours, because we all know that experience. We all know what it is to miss something important because of things that we make more important than they really probably need to be in that moment. All of us have some experience with being worried and distracted, and I think that makes this text really accessible. Yeah, 100%. I want to really hone in for a second here on verse 40. This is where Martha addresses Jesus, and so it says that she's distracted. We have that. She comes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. That's that's me three times and myself one time. So in the course of our translation here, that's just two sentences, we have four references to either me or myself, and that's notable. It It's... it's worth noting here that while Martha is doing good work, she's doing laudable work, her emphasis and focus is on herself and not 
the Lord. She addresses Jesus as Lord, but her actions here are more connected to the tasks that need done, hence that idea of being distracted, than she is the Lord himself being in the room. And, and that's where Luke is using a story like this, not really at the expense of Martha. We're not supposed to come out of this story, I don't think, making Martha some kind of enemy or, or some kind of bad example. I think that we come out of this story with a warning that we don't become so fixated on me and myself, on the tasks that need done, on the stuff that we take for granted need to be the way that they are. And we miss in that encounter the opportunity to sit at the feet as a disciple of Jesus himself. This is where the scriptures, Clint, are unbelievably helpful because we all, I think, on some level live with this narrative. You know, if Jesus lived now, I, I would just sit at his feet. I would just spend every waking moment with him. I, I would listen to everything he said. And the reality is Luke is telling us here, the very people who were closest to Jesus within earshot of Jesus still miss the opportunities to see him for what are in some cases very legitimate, understandable reasons. And so part of discipleship is practicing Mm -hmm. Mary. It's practicing being not distracted by the other stuff of life so that we can be focused on the center of life, who is Jesus. And this is Luke teaching us that through this particular Jesus encounter. One of the unfortunate things I think that has happened in this text, Michael, is is you just sort of... uh, insinuated Martha and Mary become caricatures or they become references to personality types. And so we, we talk about them as if, Oh, you're a Mary or you're a Martha. And, and that probably isn't helped. If you have a sibling, there is always that chance that you and your sibling sort of fit these, right? One sibling goes outside and plays with flowers while the other one gets dinner. One is organized and, or think of a marriage where it's often the case where one partner is kind of locked in and one partner is a little flighty. Those things happen in human relationships, but that's not the point here. This is not a personality text. This is about the choices that Mary and Martha have made. Mary, to listen to Jesus in her home, and Martha to be distracted by the things. Even though they're not bad things, they're good things, it is her distraction that is the problem. But I think we do this text a disservice when we categorize these people as if we're one or the other, because it really is about the choice that both of these women are making. Now, it may be the case that Mary was flighty and Martha was organized, but that's not, I think, ultimately what the text is about, nor do I think it's what it's trying to tell us. Yeah, and that's explicit in the text, what you just said, Clint. Look here, verse 42, Mary has chosen. This isn't read. Jesus mm-hmm. said this. Mary has chosen. You're th- yes, the text makes it clear that what's at play here is the choice that is made. And we live in a very psychographic society. We live in a world in which we care a lot about personality and the makeup of our minds, what makes us unique and what drives us, what are our motivations, these kinds of things. And that's just not a concern in the ancient world in the same way that it is in our culture. And so it's not bad to bring some of that interest to a text like this, but your warning is, I think, well-placed. We need to be very careful to not make this into, well, I'm a I'm the kind of person who by personality would sit at Jesus's feet, because ultimately what's at play here is not who was more predisposed to do that. What's at play here is who is the one who chose 
to be a disciple, who's the one who chose what looked like laziness for the sake of relationship and growth? That line, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, lives today, Clint, that moment where we stand and the question is, should I eke out more work or should I stop and should I rest and should I be restoring time with family or should I be having time with God in prayer or Bible study? These, This is a very practical apply today type lesson. And I think you're right. The, the more temptation we might have to cast this as a locked in time, let's make Mary and Martha pictures and put pros and cons under each, each one. That may be a temptation for us, but it will steal from us a really golden opportunity to receive Jesus's invitation to make the right choice. Yeah, we have to be careful reading into this. Having preached this passage, it, it is a temptation you know, to say, well, be a Mary, not a Martha. Or if you're a Martha, be more like Mary. But again, we read that through our experience and our personalities and our understanding of that. Really, the takeaway, I think, from this text is much simpler than that. Try to make the choice that Mary made and not the choice that Martha made. And whatever you bring to that struggle to do, to make that choice, that still is, I think, the compelling narrative from the story is try to, well, he says it here. Mary has chosen. Try to make Mary's choice. Try to make the, the choice that Mary has, has decided to pursue rather than that of Martha. This is not about who you are. This is about whether or not you allow yourself to be distracted. And it's, it's easy to take this text in a way that I think isn't helpful to fully un- unpacking it. What this reminds me of, Clint, is a text that we've already gone through, although it would have been last fall, I suspect, or last winter probably. And just quick to bring it up, this is all the way back in Luke chapter 4, but another story of here now Simon's mother-in-law who was suffering from a high fever. Jesus stands over her, rebukes the fever, and it leaves her. And immediately she got up to serve them. Another example that involves women service, Jesus being in the midst of that whole situation. And in both instances, I just want to point out, in both instances, Luke is choosing to tell Jesus's story through his interaction with women. And that is that is something we take for granted and should not. This is not a common practice in ancient literature. It's not a common practice around the time that this gospel account is being made. And I know we've already said this, and so maybe I'm risking repetition, but I just think it's worth celebrating. There's a lot of moments in the scripture that are hard and difficult where we have to really wade in and figure it out. We, you certainly have that when you read Paul's letters and talking about the different uh, sort of commands that Paul makes about women in different contexts. Here, it's very clear. Jesus is engaging with women. He is having conversations. He's teaching. In the case of Mary, there's a spot for her at his feet. All of this, I think, is just worth pointing out that that the early church celebrated this kind of connection at a time. It wasn't culturally celebrated, and that is a part of what it means to be people of faith, and we should celebrate that as we've come to advance and grow in our understanding of that as time has gone on. Yeah, to that end, I'm not sure we hear it as countercultural, but the fact that Jesus not only allows Mary to sit at his feet and learn, but then um, 
essentially applauds her for doing so it is very much against the grain of his time and place. And so um, it, it, it probably is difficult for us to maybe fully understand the, the striking nature of that and the way in which that stands out as different in his culture. And so um, that there is a, certainly that kind of note in this text. Clint, don't you think if you look at this here in verse 40, uh, she comes to Jesus, Lord, do not care that my sister has left me. I think one of the things that makes this text so easy to run with in our imagination is if you've ever been in the position of Martha, you know how doggone frustrating it is to see other people getting to sit and it feels like, hey, why don't I get to sit with you? Uh, the meal's not going to cook itself. The laundry's not going to get done. Why, why do I have to sit? I think we can relate to that feeling, every one of us at some point in our life. And that is maybe the thing that gets in the way of us hearing sure. Jesus's affirmation of Mary is because if you've experienced the frustration, that comes back to you really quickly. And if that's you, then I think this is an invitation for you to, to ask, do I sometimes rush ahead to the work and miss the opportunity for relationship? Do I miss the opportunity for discipleship because I immediately move to the thing that needs done? And if that's you, don't hear that as critique, hear that as invitation. This is an opportunity for you to take your place at the feet of Jesus and to learn and to grow as a disciple. This is, it's a gift of a text, I think, Clint, but it is so, in some ways, ironically, it may be so approachable for us that we miss the rather clear point that Jesus is making. Yeah, it, it, we have all known flighty, lazy people. Maybe we've all been one at some at point. Some point yeah. It just doesn't mean that Mary is, yep. nor should you assume that. Well, I think that's what we got for you, friends. We are grateful to have you with us. We, at the time of this video, are just 10 away from 600 subscribers. So if you're new here and 80% of the people who watch the video are, we'd love to have you subscribe. And uh, we will see you as we continue on in Luke tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.